It is marathon day. Yeah. Welcome to Run Chat episode three, everyone. It's uh, our oh my god, the New York City Marathon is this morning episode. Oh, man, it's it's Sunday, October thirtieth. Time for the marathon. <laughs> Uh, Wait a second! It's next week. It's next oh week. boy! All right. Well, Thank another God. week of tapering. Thank Just a little, and it's we, another week of daylight savings. Attacks. It was actually it's a whole week forward. Oh, oh so we get true. that extra hour. Yeah, it is amazing that it's always that extra hour of sleep before the marathon. It's nice to have that. Yeah, yeah. better than both the other occur way on the first Sunday in November. How convenient! Although I, I found out from my sister-in-law that um, daylight savings really messes with infants and babies. So I well, don't luckily know if I'm no, getting that extra hour. Well, that's true. Luckily, there's no uh, there's a you have to be 18 to run the race, so right. it won't affect any of the participants. Well, other than this, this part, uh, uh, the, the parents, <laughs> something, I guess. Um, yeah. So on this episode, we're going to talk about core strategy for the New York City Marathon, but this can really apply. You can generalize a lot of it out to any marathon. Um, let's because talk early morning. I believe morning. that Queensboro Bridge is part of every marathon, right? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. That is the worst part of the New York City You have City to climb marathon. the Queensboro Bridge and then run up Heartbreak Hill. <laughs> and then Alaska. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting if every marathon did have a section called Purgatory. Though I will say this, the Walt Disney World Marathon is kind of like that for most of the course because most of the course you're running on the highways in between the parks when you're not in the parks. And then they do it pre-dawn because they want you out of done with the marathon before the park opens. I thought you were going to say Purgatory was like the dream sequence in Dumbo. So, <laughs> so Dumbo that's Brooklyn? the part of the race. Yeah. You don't go through Dumbo. Yeah, the yeah, you are really going off, track, off course. Well, I, I set my own course. for Disney? Or? <laughs> Good point. Uh, so let's talk early morning. You're making your way either to the bus or the ferry. Here's my pro tip for the ferry. No matter what ferry time you signed up for or what ferry time you were assigned, you could basically ignore that. There's no ticketing system no. on the Staten Island Ferry. Just make sure to give get yourself a, a couple of hours. Get on a boat. Yeah. yeah, because it does take a while. It takes 25 minutes to get across the river. Then you have to line up for a bus. Then it's a 20-minute bus ride that can turn to a half hour if there's a backup at security. Then you have to get to security and find your colored start village. So I'd say give yourself two hours of you know, getting to the ferry and across the river. I feel like I've always been a little early, but I try to get the later ferry. So if you're not wave one, you should be okay. But either way, get there early. Don't try to rush it. Don't try to time it. It kind of sucks sitting in the corral when you're cold. Hopefully it won't be raining. But it's a lot better to be there than to be rushing there and hoping you make it. Yeah, you don't want to be too late where you're panicking and you're wasting energy on logistics. So... Earlier is always best. And as far as actually, you know, the whole pre-race meal, if you have a system down where you eat warm uh, oatmeal an hour before you race, um, you probably can't do that because you will not be at your apartment. So anything you need, any rituals you have or, um, as far as what you, when, when you eat prior to I your race. I sacrifice a goat the morning So that's races. trickier to get onto through the security. But yeah. uh, I do it at the fair Eat time. exactly the time you eat prior to a run. I think Even, the goat sacrifices are in the blue village or the orange village. Yeah, it's part of the religious services. Yeah, okay. It's in the middle. Good call. Um, but yeah, and bring as, that stuff with you. There is water and Gatorade and bagels and some coffee at the start. But yeah. bring what you need, and so you're not reliant on anyone else but yourself. And eat that stuff. Um, 
exactly when you've done it before your long runs yeah. again. So you're simulating what you always do before a long run. Now, Fort Wadsworth is uh, a grassy area, and you're going to be there. It's going to be dewy on the ground. So you're going to want to um, bring something to sit on. Maybe it's a piece of cardboard, or maybe it's that day's newspaper. That way you have something. Last to... year's heat sheet. Oh, that's good. Or your last year's poncho. Trash bag. Uh, trash bag is a good idea, too. Um, and it can be cold there because you're just standing around in the like around dawn um, in November. So uh, I bring some throwaway layers. If you have some clothes that you're getting ready to give to give away to charity, maybe bring them with you and then give them the charity there since all that clothes clothing gets uh, collected. Yeah. Last year, I think I wore a pair of jeans that had holes in them and a not a sweatshirt, just a nice sweater that I was going to donate anyway. And it kept me just as warm. And instead of buying something new to throw away, it was You'd going be to be the same I, good cause. I've been at the probably eight different marathon starts for New York City. And people throw away some really good stuff. Yeah. Brand new North Face jackets and Lululemon gear. So don't do that. Save that uh, or you know for your... Yeah. You're shopping, but... Uh, and I've heard if you throw stuff away in the corrals, it gets uh, recycled and donated. But if you throw it away when you get onto the bridge, they don't... They just throw that away into the trash. I'm, that's still heard. true. Yeah, I have heard that, but I always wonder if that's a myth or not. I'm pretty sure they recycle okay. all the, of that. Uh, the explanation I heard was that it, they don't have time to clean things because the race is going on there. So it was just a logistical problem. Oh, yeah. wait, on the bridge after the start line? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I don't think... Uh, yeah, so if you're, like, running and then you throw away your sweatshirt... Yeah, I think that just ends up in the garbage. Yeah. Either so, way, you want to be not shivering at the start where true. you're yeah. wasting energy and then it takes you a couple miles to warm up. So layers, ideally stuff that you don't care about, that you don't need to check. Um, dry is really important. Bring, Especially if it's wet at all, bring an extra pair of shoes that you don't care about so you... Basically, you almost want to change into your race gear uh, right before you head into the corrals. So you're not out there walking around in your current shoes that you're going to race in and they're all wet. That's a good kind of tip to think about. Most people don't think about that. Oh, good point. And I hope um, by this point you have good socks. Maybe for your 20-miler, you either didn't like the socks you wore, you got blisters, or you found out they worked. Because you know a lot of things you did on your 20-mile run, it's not going to be that different. I mean, the extra six miles are going to kill you, but, you know. You'll, <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Well, all right, not kill you, but they'll make you wish Stronger. maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's not going to change a lot of your preparation. So if you like your socks, then, you know, you should be fine. But, again, the waiting around two hours before, that's going to be the difference. Yes, don't uh, skimp out on, uh, on that extra layers because you want to be nice and relaxed and dry. For that hour or two plus so you're hanging around. And if you're wondering when to ditch those extra layers, basically by the time the corrals get let out, you have enough time to take off your clothes and not all of them, yeah, but just I, the I extra usually, ones. I usually ditch my pants uh, in the corral just because that's the hardest to get off, like a pair of sweatpants, unless yeah. you've cut, cut, made like cutaways into them. And then uh, the uh, sweatshirt uh, will usually go off like right before the start line. And then uh, hats, gloves, that stays on until usually mile two because that bridge can get pretty windy. Yeah. And depending on the weather, you might actually keep your hat and gloves on throughout the entirety of the race or even take it off, keep it on your person without throwing them away because 59th Street Bridge, which we'll talk about, is in the shade. It's over a body of water. So there's. I ran the course uh, just last weekend from mile seven to 16, and there's definitely parts that I ran around the same time I would run because I'm smart. 
and and you'll see different patterns with shade, uh, especially mm. when you get to Brooklyn. Some of the neighborhoods there's tree cover, there's building cover. Um, there's just same thing on wind tunnels yeah, going down. There's between lots the of avenues. different variables throughout the course where it doesn't all of a sudden get warmer and then you take off certain clothes. There is ebbs and flows of temperature between bridges and even depending on how windy it is that you might want to throw those gloves back on or roll up those uh, arm sleeves versus totally disregarding uh, like like you will with your sweats or like a larger sweater that you, know, you of course, would be running in. Yeah, and a final piece of advice I, I would give for uh, Start Village is um, don't rely on being able to get into the tents because they, they have tents set up that are open to the public. There are VIP tents, which you need like special guest list privileges to get into. But then there's, there's public tents in every start village, but those seem to fill up with whoever's on the four thirty or 5 AM buses. Like, and by the time my ferry gets there, it is packed to the gills and there, you know, it, it's not even standing room only anymore. Yeah. I've never taken the buses from Midtown. John, you might know more. If people are doing that, what should they expect? Yeah, actually, I think those actually, leave earlier than the ferry. Uh, well, some do, and uh, most. Where, how actually, do they get there? Do they go through Jersey? Um, I think they go through um, Brooklyn, and then um, oh, they take the Verrazano. They just all get over? there before yeah, they close yeah, the bridge. That's why, okay. that's why you oh, think that's so cool. early. So you actually go over the Verrazano Bridge. They drop you out right off at the starting uh, toll booths there, and then you walk through security. It's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Um, look, it's a little trafficy on the as you get on the bridge as all, the buses are kind of queuing up, but it's a pretty straight shot. Takes about forty five minutes on the bus, okay. and like we said with the ferry, they don't really check you getting on. Do they check you more stringently on the buses? Do you have any idea? Uh, the buses I've taken are specific programming, so like okay. the VIP virtual trainer stuff. So I've this actually a list you need to get on there. Right. I think the, the other buses are they, they don't just have, kind of get there, get yeah, on first come first serve. So ideally, and speaking of buses, uh, Prospect Park Track Club has their own marathon bus. And if you go to their website, you can get the details on that. I think it leaves from Prospect yeah, most, Park. A lot of teams will have their own bus and transportation. There's also a lot of teams. And I mean, the, the Prospect Park bus is open. is open to non-Prospect Park Track Club members. Good to know. Yeah. And you can find that information on their website. Um, what about in the corrals? Uh, we had a couple good questions on Facebook. What do you guys do to keep calm before the race? I, uh, I mean, because, you know, you're sitting there for two hours. We talked about how to keep warm, what to eat. What do you do? I will go to the bathroom no less than seven times. Like, I swear I avoid everything out of my body before that race starts. And I don't know why. It seems like I'm online for a porta potty. And then as soon as I exit, I'm, like, back online for the porta potty. Yeah, and also don't try to time it. One year I was like, nah, I don't need to go. I don't need to go. And then I once I got in line, the corral started moving. Uh. And I was like, well, I... I guess I might as well just pee now. And yeah. so I was like in the very last of the wave, which is about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes after the regular start time. Mm. So the tracking system on the app has gotten a lot better for anyone you have spectating. But, you know, at that time it was like, I think I'm leaving at 10:15. Gotcha. But I actually didn't start till 10:30. Not the biggest deal, but, you know, don't try to time it for the end. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, from running, you know, year after year, I've made more and more running friends. So, Having uh, some friends in the crowd is a good way to, to pass the time, you know, just having somebody to talk to. Although, you know, people tend to be social on Marathon Sunday. like so. Especially to, from different countries. Yeah, if you mean, everybody's comment, got a story. And if you're running with a pace leader, you'll, you'll have other people, so you'll be talking pace with them. Um, I, I, I find a good way to calm my nerves is just to talk to people. Yeah, some people want to zone out and sleep and rest. Obviously, don't bother them, respect right. their wishes. But, yeah, people are there for, the, for various different reasons and stories, and it's fun to share those. And... That's part of the, the marathon experience, especially in New York, is 
from all the way from the expo to the pasta dinner or the start, uh, that's all part of it. it. And it's just trying to share that experience and, hey, what, what time are you trying to run or is this your first time? And most people are pretty friendly on, on race day. So that definitely helps pass the time and kind of ease the nerves and um, maybe make some new friends. What about warming up before the race? I mean, you're going to be running for 26 miles, so you definitely don't want to it's, yeah, because I wear out. Up, I've but been, uh, you, you're sitting for two I hours. Just do bear piece. Yeah. Like, so just, ten, I've been 20. over by the, uh, the pro start occasion a couple times. Yeah. And, um, you know, the pros actually may jog three miles before the marathon. Yeah. And so they're. But I've seen that they do their shakeout a couple hours before. No, it's then, usually like or, if you know, the race is at. If the women go off at 940 or 920, maybe yeah. it is. Yeah, they're they're out there two hours before, okay. probably resting, but stretching a little bit. Yeah, they might have even their coaches stretching them out. But there is an area; it's not very big, uh, where they can jog around. Because I was in the sub elite program, which is a, the same tent as the elites, and uh, so you're basically this extra. There's, there's not a lot of them, and there's more porta johns, so that, yeah. that's not an issue. There's you know catered food which is you know, nice, but they're not eating a lot. Yeah, of that. I, I, I've seen those catered foods in the tents, and I'm like, no one eats who's them. who's eating you know like, um, croissants, yeah, and eggs and bacon. Billy, and, if they had a uh, a nice, uh, why can't I think of my port prosciutto? Oh man, I can't believe I forgot that word. Oh my That's God, one that, of the most important words that, in both languages. Billy, if they had prosciutto before the race, you would be gorging yourself on it. And look, shrimp. That is. Accurate, think, like one hundred percent accurate. I think the key okay. word there, syllable, would be shoot. <laughs> the other uh, orifice would be shooting, maybe <laughs> more than times. We At don't some want. point, but yes. that's like a turbo boost, right? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but but so for for us mortals who yeah. are going to be probably in a corral for at least a half hour, yeah. forty five minutes. Should we, you know, try to jog around the grounds no. before entering the corral? Yeah, so the pros have like little real estate to do that. Yeah. And they have their regiments, and they might jog ten or fifteen minutes and stretch and do different things and drills. For us mortals, you probably don't need to jog too much. So yeah. just it's mile really, one is going to be our yeah. Warm up. You just yeah. use that first mile, which is the steepest in the hill. You're running twenty six point two miles. Yeah. Like, so, but you don't, don't want to wanna... do it from a dead stop. That's what <clears throat> yeah. I worry about. You you do see some people jogging in place, and then just yeah. by staying warm in the corral. You're probably bouncing around a little bit anyway, but you can stretch. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you can do yeah. some quick drills that, like, butt, you can do butt kicks and high knees without moving. Yeah, now, is that place. your own butt or kick someone else's? Probably your own is the best, but maybe okay. if you made a new friend and you're chatting, then maybe they'll be right. open so to that. So, some partner butt kicks. Yeah. 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 All right. If, if you that's bumble match start. somebody in your corral, you, did, did I use that? Oh, I just checked my phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too late. Sorry. Um, yeah, but, but I think dynamic stretching and high knees are like the way to go. Yeah, and use right. that first couple miles to warm up because it's it's. I also I do chin ups on the outside of the porta potty, not on the inside. No, no, because he does it for other people. He yeah. doesn't do it yeah. for himself. It's just it's <laughs> other people yeah. warming up. But yeah, <laughs> for the heart rate up <laughs> for the pros who are doing that two or three miles beforehand, they they could handle thirty miles. Yeah, because they're, they're many they're, of us like twenty six is plenty. Yeah. They're running sub. They're, they might start you know five twenty the first mile. Yeah. So that's not an easy stroll, although it's relaxed for them. It's, they're going, you can't go from zero to 60s. For us, you know, you can take that Some first mile. Some of us can't even go from zero to 10. Exactly. It'd be a little bit crowded. It's the steepest mile in the course is mile one. Right. So use those first couple of miles as your warm up. So our, our and that's fine. Our friends at Strava are doing a uh, back half challenge for the fall marathon season where uh, they've teamed up with New Balance and they will award you a pair of new New Balance running sneakers if you're able to negative split in a marathon. 
because negative splitting is been proven to be the like the thing to do the, it's the way to go if you want to set a pr um it's only beneficial except something like less than 10 percent of marathoners actually do it yeah i think it might be even closer to five percent um but the, you, typically the winners will negative split and again that's just running the second half faster than the first half new york's course lends itself to be more of a positive split course because of the the, the steeper hills in the second half, but you still can negative split it. I've negative split it a couple of times with some of the people I've run with. Yeah, you just walk the first half. So I'm, you can actually stage that where you you, you ensure your negative split by padding the by sandbagging the first yeah. half. So if you care more about a free pair of New Balances than which the, your yeah. core strategy this year, I kind of do. Yeah. Like okay. I'm not looking for a PR, but I could go. use a new could, pair of sneakers. True. Well, then that's your tactic. Then just drop back to wave two, run with me for 13 miles, and then. And there you go. Yeah, actually, I, Brian, I think you'll be beating me this year. Like, you're going for sub four. I don't even know if I'll be able to do that. Um, Let's see. Maybe a little wager here, fellas? <laughs> but it's, mm. I think you're faster. No, I think you're faster. That's a weird <laughs> <Yeah>. bet. <laughs> That's true. Wow, we were we just and mile I, 18. It, we, just st- we just stood still for a while. And, and if I feel like I won't hit sub four, then I'll just, like, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Operation shut down. No, no, no. After you. <laughs> no, no, after you. No, 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 after age you. Beauty. No, I beauty insist. before age. Age before, well, a lot of age there. Mm-hmm, a lot uh, of Billy's beauty old. there. Thank you. The handsome uh, man, ladies. Uh, this, is, and, this is sweet. And he's oh, on Bumble. Oh, boy. Um, Am I doing that right? Sponsored by Bumble. Um, <laughs> Sponsored by Brian's Bumble account. <laughs> swipe right. Run, run fast, swipe right. Nice. Uh, what were we talking about? Negative splits? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so we're talking about strategy on, on negative splitting. I want to negative split this marathon. Let's say, let's say do do for example, I wanted to run a four-hour or three-hour, 59-minute marathon. If we need to use yeah. numbers, let's use that. So that's like a nine-minute average pace, right? 9.07, I think? 9.09. Okay. But I worked it out. A nine-minute mile basically means if you don't run the tangents very well and you end up actually running 26.5. Six, I think. Mm. That's a nine-minute mile. So let's say nine-minute mile. Now, are you doing the first half at eight thirty? Uh, first half at nine thirty, and then you have to run the back half at eight thirty, or are you doing it like a more gradual? It's definitely more thing. gradual. And to tie into that previous question or to a bit about warming up, you definitely want to ease into your pace. Some days you're able to hit pace right away because your body's just ready, feels good. Sure. Other days you're just feeling more lethargic, yeah. or it's windy, or certain conditions that allow you not to feel so great. But uh, as we're getting kind of closer to course strategy here, first mile is the longest and steepest in the entire course. It's the longest well, technically mile? Technically, it's not the longest. Actually, well, maybe technical. Actually, you know what? <laughs> technically, technically, it is because that's when you're weaving the most. So even I try though, not to weave. On well, the, the first mile is, many is, people, is uphill the entire yeah. way. And, but um, many people are going to be trying to get around people until you get into your clump which of you don't want to do. pace people. Yeah. But if so, you do, that weaving is going to add mileage. I, I feel like the people who are weaving around me on the first mile are the people that I'm passing on mile six. Yeah. And psychologically devastating. Oh, of course. Don't forget that part. Yeah. Exactly. Mentally crippling, would you yeah. like to say. But yeah, no. Even it's, we're a community of runners. And we, I like, we all I, root yeah, for each I, other. And I'm like marking them in my head. But the friend you made in the uh, the warm-up start village, you were so polite to from France, you're elbowing in the yeah, face. Wait till mile 22. Yeah. Oh, not my friend anymore. Yeah. But for example, in 2011, or actually, yeah, 2011, I ran with Apollo. Ono, and we probably averaged in the 740s or 50s for the entire race. But 
Our first mile was 9.03. Wow. Second mile was 7.20. Wow. Because the steepest downhill and longest downhill yeah. in the course is mile two. Yeah. So if you're trying to run nine minutes, you might be 10 minutes that first mile. I ran on that, on that downhill last year. And it was kind of freezing, right? Or no? <laughs> yeah. But, and you were uh, saying to me... She, she has such a warm personality. True. So huh. It works out. Such a nice lady. But uh, yeah, right, so, so you're saying to me that really if you just check your time after two or three miles... Yeah, the first mile and the second yourself. mile kind of are a wash. Don't get panicky on your watch. The first split you really care about is from mile two to three. It's back basically when you get to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It's your first flat kind of typical mile. Right. Uh, even that could be... It doesn't have to be nine minutes or 9.09. Um, it might be 9.30 or 9.20. Uh, although that second mile should be a little faster just because it's mostly yeah. downhill. Yeah. But folks who don't realize that the second mile is downhill or that the first mile is the steepest and longest in the course for the most part, they might panic and weave more and more on that second mile as they're going downhill to make up that time. Run even effort on those two hills up and down, and then um, that third mile is the, that third mile split is the more truer where you should be. And even that, you, sh- you don't have to be directly on pace yet. Yeah. But and again, the adrenaline, the, I mean, the adrenaline will this you. race, you know, when you start, they're going to play New York, New York. Sorry for the spoilers, but I'm trying to prepare you. Cannon goes off. The epic Cannon start, goes off. Beautiful views of downhill. Uh, Peter Chachka. Different. Raises, uh, waves to you from a bus. Peter Kepcha. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the cannons with different colored water are going to go off. And, you know, the adrenaline, even if you, you know, think that you're calm and everything, you're going to be running faster than you mean to. So you really do have to think about it and say yeah. calm and mar- down and marathon pace is not hard it's just hard to do for 26.2 miles yeah. yeah so a lot of times people will pr through 5k and 10k which is great for that 5k and 10k but it'd be miserable i do think i had, my nike plus told me i had a half marathon pr yeah you don't, by mile 20 i was not unless you've happy. never run a half marathon you don't want to pr in the half marathon yeah. or 5k or 10k en route in, during your marathon unless you know your, your fastest 5k is like miles 21 through 23.1 pretty good when you when you cut the course four wait that was only 2.1 (laughs) yeah add another mile but yeah but i can definitely say from experience that starting off too fast like one year i started off fast it was actually i think two years ago when it was really windy yeah they took out the clocks at the mile markers yes so you didn't know actually they took out the mile marker completely until mile three or four yeah so i got to mile three i think and i was trying to run maybe a 10 minute mile and i ended up i I think I might have been under nine minutes for those first three miles. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I feel great because the adrenaline's flowing through you. Totally. And I was like, I feel great. I'm going to try, like, I'm not going to keep a nine minute mile, but I'm going to try like 930, 940. But by mile 20, you know, it just, it really does kill you. So oh, yeah. just no matter how you feel, yeah, and, and that was, that you was should last know year, by now. I think it was two it was years. Same ago. with me two years ago. Yeah. Is, uh, I also wanted to get off the bridge because it was kind of windy. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was off. that year you were literally moving side to side from the wind. Yeah. You wanted two, to get two, off the bridge as yeah. quick as possible. Two years ago, I wanted to do three and a half hours, which is about an eight, I think it's like eight flat. And uh, I went out way too fast. Like when I passed by my wife in on Fourth Avenue in Brooklyn and Park Slope, um, I was doing like 720s. And I was like, I feel great. This is awesome. And you know, she when I saw her later, she was like, you looked like you were going way too fast. And I was like, I was because <laughs> on First Avenue, I died. Yeah, like yeah. it was amazing. Like I, I, you know, you come off 59th Street Bridge, and then I think I was in the 70s, and it was just getting pummeled with wind straight in the face of First Avenue two years ago. 
And I like, not only did I miss my PR of like, I was like, Oh, forget three 30. I'm doing like three fifteen. Then no, it was, it ended up being like three thirty eight, And I, I was, yeah, they call that banking time. You do not, you can bank rest. You can bank hydration. You can bank some fuel, especially throughout the week. Yeah. You do not want to bank time early in the race because that'll come back to bite you. And, and that's um, the opposite of negative splitting. It's a really good positive split, which is not a positive yeah, thing. That's right. It's okay to do a po- couple minute positive split because again, this this hillier parts in the second half. But it's really easy to be like, oh, I want to run nine minute pace, and all of a sudden you're running eight twenties and you feel great, and you're like, mm, maybe instead of you know four hours, I can run three twenty. <laughs> Normally, the answer is no, you can't. Um, so and trust you your training, you can, trust your pacing. I thought I could too, and no, you really can't. Yeah. Just, you know, it was always I better thought, to say, oh, I finished. Yeah. Maybe I could have gone a little faster. I felt great. Sure. Versus, oh, let's let's go for it. So and not to uh, skip ahead from our course preview but if you're running up you know entering the park and you're in that last half mile and you know you still have something in the tank that feels awesome yes that's a lot better Versus than billy's like, trying cursing to at everyone and yeah yeah this year maybe, maybe this will be the year where i enjoy people's company in central park but i just feel like you know they they don't respect the barriers they're coming like crowding way too close you can only get like three people across when you're running in central park and yeah Damn spectators, get off my lawn! Now you'll be like, "Wow, the the road was huge." Yeah, I'm gonna be like, "All the spectators were nice." High fiving everyone. On, on I want them to come closer to they're me because I'm so pleasant. On them. I, yeah, I I couldn't believe they like had s'mores and they were like panning yeah, out marshmallows <laughs> and I just grabbed a stick. Me these this is tokens that like, would drop acid in yeah. Harlem. They would give yes. me tokens that took off thirty minutes of my time. I thought that's where we were. Yes. <laughs> To- um, tokens? <laughs> like arcade tokens? Yeah, it's like a video game. Or, or subway that? tokens. How old are you? Uh, I'm really old. <laughs> um, so it sounds like we've kind of started to get into our mile-by-mile uh, mile breakdown. Before we do, there's one super important pre-race thing, which is lube. So chafing. Yes. Uh, we you- had some questions. I don't know how serious they were, but they seem pretty serious. How much, how often... Well, hopefully you've well, wait. Actually... How often before the race? Just once. That's <laughs> well, it. Yeah. Although they, they, they do give them out. Actually, they're, 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 people do hand out like yes. There was a question about where do of... I stash my extra lube? But they do at the medical tents and somewhere and then else. Some stations well, in the later. I want to say about eighteen to twenty yeah. miles. They're, they they're, have like they're wooden like, sticks or like which I feel like if you're compressors and they have like if you're having problems, I feel like it might be too late. Yeah, it's too late. But also, I feel like most of those questions are go back to what we said: is you've run twenty miles. Most of the next six miles is just being tired. It's not anything right. new. So it's just going to be the same area chafing. Worse. Yeah. So ideally, you have you know for the so gentleman in the room, uh, band aids on the nipples. I always do. Oh, I just do Vaseline. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't work for me. And I trim my chest hair. That's helpful. Yeah. Interesting. But um, yeah, you tell us more. About I don't. I don't I, no, no. I don't know if you go with too much on. It's a manly um, bushel of yeah. chest. But whether it's putting Vaseline or body glide, you know, on your toes with socks because of blistering, oh, or I, it's chafing areas like. Yeah. Thighs and under the arms and nipples. A couple people on our 20-mile run had sleeve issues that they – or sports bra sleeve issues where they didn't realize. So hopefully in your 20-mile run, hopefully you had a 20-mile run assuming you weren't injured and uh, you got through your whole training schedule – some people maybe just eighteen, but hopefully you hit your yeah. your lube problems. And then we, we talk. We say nothing new on race day. You probably can get away with trying lube on race day if yeah. you haven't, because 
it's not going to impede your extra is not, unless you, unless you really slather it on. Unless you take a bath in it and you're slipping all over the place. Uh, as um, it's sliding you down your legs. Yeah. I will I think say, the guy okay. who has too much Vaseline on his chest always looks weird, but not as weird as the guy who has like the two bullet holes coming yeah. out of his nipples. Yeah, the bloody nipples. Yeah. Don't wear a white shirt. Yeah, don't wear a white shirt. Yeah. When in doubt. Uh, but if you do, draw like a little smile in oh. red to like preemptively you know, <laughs> yeah, make it a so happy serious? face. <laughs> like, well, smiling at me. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say Vaseline, Body Glide at home. If you forget to, head to the medical tent. They have Vaseline there. And you can just lather it on at Band-Aids your leisure. are typically pretty helpful. They might fall off mid-race, but at least for half the race, you're not having that issue. And if you've had nipple issues before... I'd uh, get the just the round dots of band aids. They work perfect for me. I find those. They just look so weird. Well, you know what? Covered, well, you're running topless, which is <laughs> that's the really weird part. Which is weird that you just staple your bib to your stomach. No, yeah. I, that's I really pin weird. It. I safety pin it. Uh, oh wait, to your to your nipple piercings. <laughs> yeah. You just go right through those. And I'm already so bleeding. that's one already way. Bleeding from the piercing. So <laughs> that's one way. All right, no new nipple piercing on race <laughs> Nothing week. Nothing new on race day. Not just race day. Race week. I'm you don't want to know where I put the bottom and safety pins. <laughs> no, I don't. So moving on. Uh, I think uh, we should talk about core strategy. Um, So we've talked about, in general, trying to negative a split. Think that you're going to run faster at the end. Well, think that you're going to run slower at the beginning, I think is the way to think. Yeah, and again, even if you don't negative split officially, like the negative split effort the, or is the is, mindset is yes. gonna be yes. is gonna be really helpful. Yeah. Um if you run, you run a three minute positive split, it's basically kinda like a negative split because of the hillier it's, elevation. It's, yeah, in, in the New York half. I mean I don't have any data, but it just seems to me that there's so many things we're gonna talk about after we hit mile thirteen, Queensboro, Fifth Avenue. There's some hard uphills, yeah. and some tough spots in the true. second half of New York. But you really should enjoy the first part of the race. Enjoy the bridge. Don't go too fast. Don't fight the crowds. It is an epic start. You've been waiting, waiting in Fort Wildsworth for a few hours, chopping out the bit. New York, probably, New York's blasting. Probably qualified at least eight months ago was when the lottery would have come out, and a year ago if you did nine plus one. Yeah. So, so a lot of You've been uh, waiting for this for a while if it's your first time. And Fourth Avenue is a straight shot pretty much from yeah. mile th- you know, from two to eight. Where the, 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 and that's actually, that brings you to a nice point. There's actually 18 different starts. In this race, really? there's four waves. There's three different starts. There's red. I'm sorry, not red. Orange. Psych. Orange, blue, and uh, green. green. Greens so underneath. Colorblind. Yes. Um, and that's uh, and there's all these different times. So uh, there's lots of different stuff going on. But you, the race goes off, and it's from Fourth Avenue after the the, the, the horizontal bridge is pretty much a straight shot, pretty wide. Um, one color is on the left side of Fourth Avenue. The other color is on the right side. Yeah, I think orange is on the left, blue is on the right. I, I forget. What, and then green, green is, joins. Green in has a little I've bit of different run course. Green, so. green, I've run. It actually, and green runs. We should backtrack. Green runs on the lower level of the right. Yeah, and which so, you know, I've never. It is done. a myth. You do not get peed on. And guess what? All three courses are twenty six point two miles certified. So this aisle, which is easier, they're all the same distance. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, they, and, and it all starts to suck. And that hill after, goes uphill, after upper level, and lower. Bronx, level. So, so, like, it's not, it's not in the no offense to the Bronx. It's, it's not the Bronx. It's just, it's just late in the race. Uh, it's twenty miles. From. I'm not that big on the Bronx. 
And around 5K is when the green start will kind of um, join the orange and blue start. Yeah. And at mile eight is when they kind of all converge and you're on one so if course. So fri- if you have friends and family watching you on 4th Avenue, uh, know which side of the street you're gonna be, they're going to be on. Yeah. Because it is- and you'll see the map. If you're not sure and if we aren't saying it right, you'll see the map of the expo. You like, can tell them which side of the street. 4th like Avenue is wide. It's wide enough that it has an island in the middle of it. So if you think they're going to be on the left side and you're on the right side, you ain't seeing them. Yeah, and also just in general, and we'll talk about good spots as we go along, of course. But you know, the more specific you can be with any friends or family that are watching you, the better, because it's it's really I think easier for the runner to see their friends yeah. than for the spectators to see. Oh, totally. Because yeah. you're looking for one person, they're just seeing so many people wave yeah. by. Um, but so we got off the bridge. We're in Bay Ridge. It's a nice multi-ethnic neighborhood. It's where I work. It's where John's wife is from. Right. It's a great neighborhood. Really great crowds from miles what, three through six or so into Sunset Park. And then Park Slope has great hipster crowds. Yeah, I feel like the crowds and the music all along Fourth Avenue are great. Yeah, there's. Uh, they, I mean, Sunset Park maybe in the fifties. Well, there's that little where the BQE or the Belt Parkway comes through. It like dips off for maybe quarter of a mile. <laughs> but other than that, like it's. <clears throat> It's packed. Everyone's happy. You, even if you went out too fast, you're feeling great. The, f- yeah. the crowds are excited. Um, you're high fiving kids. I remember yeah, one, no one's one, worn out. One yet, of my favorite signs went coming out way off too the Verizon um, Bridge into Brooklyn. I don't know if we can curse on the show. Go ahead. But it was the sign said, "Get the fuck out of Brooklyn," <laughs> and it was just funny because you know, that's true. You know, it's, true. obviously, I think it was kidding. Hopefully, as opposed think, to the signs that I think um, MP, NPAA ratings allow us one F. And it wasn't it wasn't a sexual usage of the word, right? So we're okay. It's just like leave, get out of my borough. Yeah, but, but Marty uh, Markowitz, I think, was the one who started the uh, now entering Brooklyn. How sweet it is! Right. This is completely the opposite. Yeah. And it's uh, but you're, you're looking at signs. You're, you're you're there's different music. There's over 100 probably 60 official bands on the course. For better or worse, there's also unofficial bands Billy's on the course. Probably singing if you happen to be near him. And, and it, it, I, I, yeah, that or actually, if if you're passing by me, I'm usually saying. Come on, Billy, or I'm repeating my pace in my head, or I'm repeating how many miles I have left. Um, and I apologize for that. Thank you for that early apology. I yeah. forgive you. But for, for pacing purposes, though, getting to mile th- mile three is that first split that you really need to pay attention to because like we talked about mile one is up, right, and then mile you're on two the is down. Um, but it's Fourth Avenue, I don't know if, what it – I assume it's kind of rolling – yeah, very, very, slight very subtle. You won't think of it as a yeah, hill and you can spend those. So those few miles that you're fresh, you're uh, regrouping. I found now that since last year we had the fourth wave instituted, the crowds are definitely lessened versus the free wave. Um, the races. fourth wave is my favorite band on the course. Fourth wave is love is, those guys. Is, yeah, they're the greatest. They're like the old Beach Boys, but they're, yeah. they're once removed cousins. They're, they're newer than the new wave. Fourth wave. They're not the yeah. kids on the block though. Ah, uh, gotcha. But um, you can really find your rhythm, and if you were really slow on the bridge and for whatever reason, or you're way off too fast, you, just, you have a nice stretch of a couple miles to kind of correct any uh, it, mistakes you kind of made early and, and recover from those. But really find your rhythm, get that pace down, enjoy those spectators and read the signs. But from literally from like mile three all the way to eight, it's a straight shot. You will be actually pretty early in the race after the bridge. You'll see the Williamsburg. Savings Bank Tower, yeah, and that's kind of that'll get closer and closer, and that's just something to kind of something to focus on as you're coming through and passing down different neighborhoods through. And that, that's a big sharp turn there. That's around what mile? Yes, yeah, so that's eight. right around mile eight. That's you when the three courses become one. 
Brooklyn yeah. Academy of Music. And if you're running with somebody, that's a very easy place to lose track of them. Yeah. yeah. Because right after that is you're going through Clinton Hill, you're no. getting towards Williamsburg, and that's where the road is very narrow. Yeah. yeah. You make Especially a left because the eight. you have extra people joining yep. the course. Yeah. So it does bottleneck a little three. bit. I've had various groups of friends cheering on from that section of Clinton Hill. And over the years, I've seen people once. Yeah. And it was by accident. I happened to be running by them, and I was like, oh, hey, thanks yeah. for coming. <laughs> but you make a sweeping left, and then probably about not even 400 meters because I ran it the other day. You make a right on Lafayette. Yeah, so you're going left on Atlantic, and right on Lafayette. That's right after 8. And so to, to Brian's point, actually, I saw this a couple days ago, that the road does narrow a little bit compared to the big kind of right. intersection. Yeah, 4th Avenue super wide, three or four lanes in both directions. This is more. And then you're on Lafayette, which is – one and a half and a bike lane in yeah. each direction. And then so it narrows. And there, actually, I realized from eight to nine, there's a slight hill. It's not like this epic bridge yeah, hill. it's up a little I, bit. You, did, you might not notice it. I really don't notice it when I run in the race because you have all these people around you. But I ran it with one other person the other day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is – and they were a little lagging behind. So when I turned around, you could tell there was a little bit of an incline. Yeah, I think I'm always a little more concerned with running into people than Yeah, so hill. it gets yeah. a little more congested. It bottlenecks a little bit. Just be aware of that. If your pace slows a little bit, it's probably because you're on a slight hill and it's a little more congested. Don't panic. But it does bring you into a really beautiful part of, of oh, the course. Gorgeous. And yeah, yeah my it, neighborhood, a, which a, is right. a, a good a good part, a uh, good piece of advice. Don't panic. Don't get angry there, because uh, you will be stuck behind people, and you don't want to waste energy trying to get around them. You know, just uh, choose your spots where you can get ahead of people, but don't uh, you know, uh, like piggyback on them. Yeah, and then it goes to another frustrating part. Miles 10 and 11 is where there's usually a lot of people trying to cross the road. But Mile 10 is going to be where the November Pride of Cheering Station. Well, Mile 10 is the most amazing part. Yeah, there'll be 200 volunteers. 200 November Project. Well, probably 250. I bet they're going to recruit other people. A lot of projectionists from the month of November. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's appropriate because we are in the month of November. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to see a whole bunch of neon. I assume, actually, they'll probably be wearing official ponchos. Ponchos, but they'll have their whistles and sure. their trucker hats and yeah. their neon. So and, say hi to the November Renos. Like, you don't just smell the spray paint from about a mile yeah, away. They nice pick me true, up. True, true. Um, but then after that, you're definitely going to have people trying to cross the road That's while you're trying to run. And you're going to curse them out, but, you know. This is when we hit it. Williamsburg. And, yeah. yeah. And that, uh, that's, a, like, the first area where you're going to be running and the people on the sidewalk are going to be looking at, well, the hipsters are cheering you on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the ultra-Orthodox Hasidic community is looking at you like, what are you doing? Yeah. Less, For less, the less most cheering, part. Not, but... not, not, you know, not completely. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, I'm just reading this book. Now, and it's called uh, A Race Like No Other by Liz Robbins, which I would definitely recommend to anyone to read it either before or after. I know Billy's read it. Yeah, I recommend reading it uh, after the marathon. It gave me so so much anxiety last year before the marathon. Was that uh, like the... Like the beginning of the race, or just no, all just, throughout? All throughout. Like throughout the I'm cha- about uh, mile eleven at this point, I think. Throughout so. the chapter, so many things go wrong for people. Yeah, and it's like uh, this is not what I want to read about as I'm prepping for the marathon. Yeah, and it, I mean, it follows both the male elite athletes, the female elite athletes, and several just profiled normal people runners, right. and it goes a mile by mile. Um, but it does mention Fred Lebo, who didn't start New York Road Runners. Is it but he, Lebo? I thought it was Lebo. It was Lebowitz originally, which I learned from the book. Okay. And he shortened it. So I don't know how it's really pronounced. Fred John. Lebeau. 
How would you say it? Lebo, but then people say Lebo. Yeah. Either way. Anyway, Mm. Freddie. So I was talking about (laughs) how he he kind of roped in the Orthodox community and got them to sort of accept when he moved the course, you know, through the neighborhood. Right. And so, you know, that and many more, and Liz Robbins, send me some money. Um, (laughs) You should really read this book. Read at some point, okay. I mean, I, I'm only halfway through it, but it's very, very interesting. And I've, you know, I've run the course a handful of times already, and I'm learning a ton of stuff about it. And it's very inspirational as well. Yeah. And there, there, I feel like there are three major sections of the marathon where you will not have people cheering for you. The first is in Williamsburg along that stretch. The second is when you're running up First Avenue and you get north of Central Park. And it yeah. becomes, you know, old ladies pushing their, like, laundry carts, and they're looking at you like, what are you doing? And, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. The second part is actually the Queensboro Bridge. And then the That's third true. part is okay. that. Is, I was wondering where you're going. Is yeah. it like the Bronx? There's, there's no, no. The, Bronx. The, the second part is definitely the Queensboro Bridge. The third part are the, are the old ladies wandering up, you know, uh, First Avenue. Yeah. But after you get through that, it's a pretty short stretch of not many cheering in Williamsburg. That's and true. then you get to the hipster section. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty good. Then you go through Greenpoint, a little more of the same. And you see, you know, and another thing the book points out is just what's going on in these neighborhoods while you're busy running is Greenpoint's a great Polish neighborhood with some other ethnicities thrown in as well. And there's just some... It was. I think yeah. now it's like a, just it's, a big hipster. It's like Bloomsburg. still a lot of Polish things like going on. North. But it'll feel a lot like Williamsburg. And then we hit the Pulaski Bridge. And then we hit my hometown, Long Island City, where I grew oh, up. You can't, you can't skip the Pulaski, though. Because no, the important no. part of the Pulaski is it's the half marathon. Halfway. Uh, yeah, the, the, half, the half marathon mark is at the top of the bridge. Yeah. Or if you're me running my first New York City marathon, you hit the Pulaski Bridge and you say, Queensboro Bridge isn't that hard. Yeah. Wait a second. hilarious. Wait a second. This isn't – there's another bridge? Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I definitely was, was done with the Pulaski the Bridge. bridge. only one did you level. Think, did you think that Simon and Garfunkel wrote that song about the Pulaski Bridge? I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about that. I'd never done it before. So I was running across the Pulaski Bridge, and I was like – and I was kind of tired because it was a half marathon. I'd never run a marathon before. Yeah, like Billy and I was a little tired. Every year. But then I got to the top, and I was like, that wasn't so bad. And then, like, a couple miles later... Do do watch out on that bridge, because it is a drawbridge. Uh, There, they have those, like, jagged drawbridge teeth. Yeah. yeah, You could easily, like, eat it, thanks to that. And that'll come back on your way to the Bronx and Willis Avenue. I have never seen anybody eat it on one of those, but I'm always like, uh, I hope it's not me this year. Right. Yeah, so the Pulaski, your halfway point... Is the beginning of the Pulaski Bridge. You hit 13, then the point one later, you hit 13.1. Yep. So that's always a nice little... Surge, like, okay, we're halfway there. Now, one thing we haven't talked about yet, which we should probably talk about now, is fueling on the course. Yeah. Uh, there's and water and Gatorade questions about that. at every mile, starting at mile three. Um, actually, maybe mile two even. Not on the bridge. Verizon on the bridge, yeah. there's no fueling. But uh, there's water and Gatorade every mile after the bridge. And um, especially if you're running in the middle of the road with a pack, whether it's with a pace team, which we can talk about later, um, you do want to go make sure you're getting fuel, even if it's cold, even if it's... You're not thirsty yet. Yeah, because when it's hot out, you're like, I want some water. Right. I'm going to hydrate. But you're still running 26 miles. So you, you still are sweating. Get some of that fuel in. You definitely need some water. There are tactics with the I fueling. Think, for me personally, I think it's every four miles I need water. 
Yeah, and my tactic is more just to kind of keep me occupied so I don't get distracted. Is every like every odd mile I'll do Gatorade, and every even mile I'll do water. I'm not so having you a, stop a little every, much. I don't stop. Well, I mean, you're, you're I just veering I, off to the left or right. I just it's, it take a little sip, and, and I've done it enough now where I don't lose. I just find it hard to get in and out of that water table like well, lane. Actually, one the big piece of advice that for any race that I didn't think of myself and I had to be told was. That water table runs the entire length of the table. You don't have to hit the beginning oh, of it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. so you go to the middle of the end of that. Yeah, yeah. so if you've never thought about it before, you, you grab, wait till the end of the table and... And grab your water and, you know, get back to running. Fold your cup like you're folding like a, like a pizza slice almost. Make it a point. Same when you grab pizza during <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And then uh, try to drink towards the side of your mouth. That way you don't, like, uh, waterboard yourself. And if, you know, this is news to you... Do this over the next year so that your next year's marathon, just, you're ready. Like, this is what you should be practicing leading up to in the every marathon. race. Yeah, like just like run down the block, or like in to your office, like walk by your water cooler at the office, and on your way back to your desk, try to drink without but it's, stopping. It's, it's, it is tricky to practice that if you're not, oh, it if really you're not running races yeah. uh, up, leading up to the race, yeah. the marathon itself. So, but you do want to whether it's every other water stop or yeah. every other or every fourth. And it depends um, on whether moving, you're going to go to the middle or the end of that of those tables. If, if, if you're doing the 5K the Saturday before the marathon, you don't need it. Um, probably. Then no, but <laughs> or you stop at those it. water tables and practice drinking yeah. water. And it depends on, especially you know, if you aren't used to drinking Gatorade, don't be af- be careful about drinking too much Gatorade because that definitely gets in my stomach sometimes. So you know, don't think that you have to do it. But a little bit because at 26 miles, you need that sugar, those carbs at some point. Salt. Salt. The salt too. Um, but yeah, and about gels, I mean, again, hopefully you've practiced using gels. You should have some marathon. with you, whether they're yeah. gels or chomps or whatever, yeah. sandwiches, Huma. Um, slices. I generally Huma start lemonade. around mile six or seven and then every four to five miles Mostly every five miles after that, sometimes four towards the end. And some people use minutes versus miles. Just know That's, that uh, yeah. you, if you are taking a chopper goo and you like water uh, just after that, just make sure you should just use some strategy beforehand where, okay, I'm about 400 meters from the water stop, have my goo or gel or chomp, knowing that within the next minute you're passing water yep. or Gatorade, and that helps kind of flush it through. But it is tough to practice that. Uh, a lot of first-timers have never run a road race at all, let alone a race that... That's a good point. On a 5K or 10K that you actually really need some of the fuel. So just know that they're there every mile after the bridge. Um, and mile 18, there's, there's gels in case you need reinforcements if gels are okay with your system. But be aware that you should be fueling even if you're not thirsty or hungry early because later in the race you will need some of that. And you don't want to wait until you're you know absolutely thirsty or starving. Yeah, and we had another question about other foods, you know, other solid foods besides gels. And I know, I think it's in the Bronx, there's banana tables. Those aren't official, though. Those are just I, people having up bananas. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure about that. There's, but, there is like bananas and sometimes orange peels. Like I think, yeah. I think between 20 and 21. Uh, okay, I don't trust anyone handing out food during the marathon. I'll stop at By water the time tables. I've run 20 miles, I'm well, going to trust anybody who pretends they have a Yeah, they, yeah. Hello there, John. And I'm here to, hey, to, to tell about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hello, but if you do have someone who... Uh, Hello, John and Dumpster Diver Brian are all about like side of the road racing. <laughs> if you do, I mean, it comes from a table, not the street. <laughs> the table. But if you do have someone spectating and watching you and you definitely plan exactly where they're going to be, 
you know, if they have a banana for you, if they have something. They're, but again, hopefully you've, you know, trained yeah. with these foods. Uh, I'd yeah. be a little worried about something I hadn't trained with. Somebody on Facebook asked about um, not using gels and using real foods. Yeah. Um, and suggested bananas. Now, bananas can be a little unwieldy. Uh, one tip I've had from uh, my friend's dad, who, who's a runner. I hope it's not putting a banana down your shorts. <laughs> it's not putting a banana down your shorts. It's actually using dates and figs and yeah, dried prunes. Actually, because um, they're dry, dried dates, figs, and prunes are a good source of sugar, a uh, good source of carbs. Um, you know, despite prunes' uh, reputation, they will not make you like poop your pants immediately. Um, I, I definitely recommend dates and figs if you're if you're a little wary of gels. And some people will actually have like a half a peanut butter sandwich, or obviously you have to carry that with you, and it might yeah. be. Yeah. Pushed up by the time you use it later in the race, but I like to run with like just a whole hoagie, like yeah. like a twelve inch hoagie. Take a bite every uh, every mile. Yeah. yeah, I have an arm sleeve with uh, a big a big hoagie down there. I, I stop at every Jersey Mike's along the race course. Well, there's the five borough donut challenge we have to mention. Um, so yeah, where challenge. are you gonna? Yeah, and the five borough beer challenge. It's a little less sanctioned. So in Staten Island, you got to bring your own yeah. to eat a whatever. I would say probably Krispy Kreme would be a good start. Um, and then in Brooklyn, you got Peter Pan Donuts at Greenpoint right before you get on the Pulaski. And then Long Island uh, City. Long Island City. I don't know a place, but there's there's That's definitely got to be a Dunkin' somewhere. Right. Agreed. And, and then, it's sponsor. Uh, you know, I don't know the rest of the course, so... Well, there are Dunkin' Donuts, donuts all along so, the race course. Way, that's why yeah. you're on the course yet. So, so Manhattan, there's got to be plenty of donuts along the side. I don't know any extra good ones. <laughs> well, let's not skip ahead. So we're getting into Long Island City, Queens. Uh, yeah. Childhood home of Billy, me. Um, you will pass St. Mary's Church, where I used to go to church. I think I had my Holy Communion there. You will also pass by uh, the bar that my dad's cousin used to own. For the Five Borough Beer um, Challenge. And then when you get to 44th Drive, you if you see a five-foot-tall Italian woman holding a sign that says, Go Billy, that's my mom. Say hi to her. Oh, hi, Maria. She's five even? or like... she, Yeah, she's yeah, five, five flat. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, Is she going to have donuts if people are... I don't know. Probably right. not. So but where are we going to get our? Not, no. <laughs> where are we going to get our donuts in Queens? Uh, um, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll know for the next. Right. Uh, so do your own research. Yeah. Some of this There's is on a good you. Barbecue place. We can't do everything for you. So the Pulaski Bridge, or yeah, we already went over that. I think we just. Oh, yeah, I think we were on our Pulaski Bridge. We just took you through all of Long Island City, gentlemen. So from, and we're then up to Queens Barbecue for thirteen to fifteen. So you go from halfway at Pulaski Bridge. You're doing the Billy Long Island City, the Billy kind of mom high five. Yeah. You know, kind of childhood. Yeah. Where, 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 the Billy reality you, tour. Yeah. And then I, the, the, read the, some comics. Right. As soon as you make a left, as you kind of enter the Fifth and Street Bridge, otherwise known as Queensboro, that the is. The Ed Koch Bridge. So wait, is, that the, is that wow. the second Queen? Oh, like there are two Queensboro bridges? First, the apparently the Pulaski yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, this, this is the <laughs> real. they named the first Queensboro Bridge after Pulaski. This, this is, is a war yeah. hero. This is the non Pulaski Bridge. Which they were building a new Pulaski Bridge next to the current Pulaski Bridge. I don't know if they're going to keep it the Pulaski Bridge, but it's going to be a new bridge. Pulaski 2.0? Yeah. I think they're going to call it the Queensboro. <laughs> now that the Queensboro is the Ed Koch. Yeah. True. And for local Brian's humor gets you local this work. Is, this is too much for me. I don't even know. So uh, the Queensboro Bridge, a.k.a. Billy's least favorite part of the marathon. Well, bridge number marathon, three out of five. Everyone sucks. talked about how hard this was, and then they didn't tell, about, tell me about some of the... It's just so boring. Yeah, but I'm running well, forever... And you're not seeing the sun because you're on the lower level. And then you look out to the side expecting to be about halfway. And you're still in Queens. You haven't even hit the water yet. Yeah, okay. It's awful. It's about a mile. 
I would say Hills are I'm your friends. I'm pretty sure like nine miles of the marathon is the Queensboro Bridge. Hills are your friends. So up the 59 year bridge, you're using your muscles differently. So mm. think of it as your tired muscles are getting used differently and some of your less tired uh, muscles are taking over. You're going uphill. It will. It is in the shades. So Brian, uh, Billy's right that it's um, you know you, you're, there's no sun directly over you because you're on the lower level. But you will might if you didn't throw away your gloves and your hat, you might want to put them back on because it's, you're in the shade and you're running over the East River. So it does. The and there's no one cheering. No one's allowed on that it's bridge. The, to yeah, cheer. it's probably other than the Verrazano Bridge. It's the only place where there's no spectators. See, all you can hear is the pitter-patter of your own feet and the spectator around, or the, actually the athletes around you's feet, and maybe the, some breathing of, of your own and some other folks around you. Them but breathing in your ear. It's, <laughs> but it's the calm before the storm. So use it to relax and regroup. Interesting. Your time, your pace will slow because you're running up a hill. So if you're running 10-minute pace and you're running 10-30, don't panic. That's normal. And it's a quick downhill when you're hitting it the does, Manhattan side majority of the, of, the, of the bridge, I just ran it the other day, is uphill and then it crests for a bit and then it's like I don't want to say screaming downhill but but it, it becomes a screaming downhill at the Manhattan end when you're doing that spiral which is actually you'll see some hay bales that's mainly for the wheelchair athletes ah. because they're going a lot faster than us on that sharp turn sure and some of them have known to tip over and wow, that was really. not ideal um, yeah I've been body checked by people taking the turn too sharp there it's late in the race so your legs are fatigued and tired you're making yeah. a sharp left but then you kind of corkscrew around underneath. The, the bridge itself that you just went over, right. and you kind of shoot down to First Avenue. This is actually a good spot to go to the restroom. And you will hear because First Avenue port- before you see yeah, it. There's Porta Johns on either side underneath that tunnel, and typically when I run by, there's not lines. Hmm. So that's if you need to go to the bathroom, that's a key place to do it. But you shoot down to First Avenue, and this is where it goes from the calmest part of the race as far as no spectators to probably the biggest crowds on the all entirety of the course. There's probably 20 people deep on either side. From 16 to 17, especially, it's just kind of very, very loud, very exciting. It's really easy to pick it up and go too fast. Way um, too fast. So I know we've done some research with Runtrix, which is our official online training partner, and um, it's the average person picks up their pace 4.96 percent from 16 to 17, which is way too aggressive, and it, some of that is actually slightly uphill, but you don't realize it because. The adrenaline you get, the goosebumps you get from all the crowds, um, it's great and use it, but don't go uh, over the side. I had a buddy who was running 236 pace, which this is a six-minute pace. Yeah. It was not. My friend Tommy, and he dropped a 456 mile. So we obviously pre- we all probably think six minutes is pretty quick, and I agree. He went 456 because he was so excited. He was a local runner. He was probably in like 100th place because he was running 236. And that obviously came back to haunt him later on because sure. that minute he just gained, he probably came back ten minutes on the on the wrong so, side of that. So, but and get, to go back to negative splitting, we're now in the the back half of the race. I now should be running this faster than the front half, just not running it too much faster from the sound of it. Yeah, this is a little different just because of the the, the crowds are so exciting. Even from seventeen to eighteen, right, are pretty busy. So just you almost want to try to consciously slow down because. You're you're definitely picking it up because of the adrenaline. Gotcha. Um, you know, look at negative splitting as the entirety of the thirteen second thirteen point one. This is a little bit of an anomaly of because of the crowd kind of coverage there. Uh, knowing that like later in First Avenue, like you talked about earlier, is less less people, less right. crowds, and then going into the Bronx, there's the hills and different things, and coming back into Manhattan, um, there's some tricky parts of the course that will slow things down. So again, focus on the negative split effort. And as far as fueling is concerned. 
it's around like 17 or 18 along first avenue when um or 16 or 17 i think it's at 18, 18 where they yeah, provide the jazz yeah, yeah jet, both and sides of the road various like, colors flavors so, yeah so many different which gels. if you're really cheap like me then you could probably come out ahead in terms of gels you just grab a giant handful you see, I think and you, throw like, them even, in each even pocket though it's free you're you're you're, get, you're paying for that because then you're carrying oh, that yeah. weight when yeah. your legs are extra tired. calories extra yeah i'm definitely not serious i do try to try to grab I am, maybe two for the last basically i try to plan to run out of gels before then grab two there to get mm-hmm. me through the end of the race i remember last year or maybe it was the previous year grabbing like someone just handed me like five and i was like there's way too many and then threw them into like the next box just because i and i was like oh chocolate gross this is like the worst flavor and i got strawberry and i was like okay i could deal with strawberry wow when we get to our episode debating different types of gels it, look huma huma lemonade that's all you need to know but if you're going power sponsor pretty good. oh please please huma sponsor us i will yeah, so, every episode i'm gonna ask Huma to sponsor us and these free these free promos they're running out huma they're running out. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok. And also, Honey Stinger? Just throwing it out there, Honey Stinger. So First Avenue is 16 to like basically 19 to yeah. get out on the Willis Avenue. And if, you're, if you have anyone who's coming to watch you run. Great, uh, great spectator alert. Especially if... Um, Spectre alerts? Spectre alert. The bad guys from James Bond? Yeah. Yeah. He'll be there um, giving or gels. Or ghosts. Um, so if you have someone who... Wants to run around and try to see you multiple times. My uh, for Billy's first two or three marathons, uh, we would go and we'd hit him up in Brooklyn. Yes, we'd see him around mile eight. Yep, and then it's easy to take the train up to. Don't try to go to mile sixteen or seventeen because the crowds are like yeah. five people deep. If you go above ninetieth, definitely above a hundredth street. No, you get the easy, sidewalk you can Easily get to you the sidewalk. Go on the left side, and yeah. wherever. I want to say maybe the 96th Street subway station on your way to First Avenue, there's a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. So not for a donut. runner, not for a runner, unless you bring your donuts to the runner. But you can grab a box of, I would say, 50 munchkins. And if you see John Massey, hand him a 32-ounce coffee. Yeah. Run on, a run on Dunkin'. A 32-inch coffee would be just as good. 32-inch Massey for that 30 yeah. America coffee. runs on munchkins. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Also, Dunkin' Donuts, sponsorship, sponsorship. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Um, but I gotta say, um, aside from being a spectator, I think First Avenue might be my least favorite part of the course. Hmm. Just it's so wide mm. that I just it feels just intimidating, and that's when you start to get tired. The, well, well, the Queensboro Bridge definitely, but then you know you're running on First Avenue. It feels really long, but it's yeah, the wind can pick up. It's really only three miles, four miles at, at the most. Yep. But it just feels to me it's so wide, and you can see because it's so wide, you can see the big hills, and they're not huge. Yeah, but, they're, but they're they look—they're big rolling hills, yeah. both up and down. And you can see them in front of you, and so one thing you know, maybe for next year, if you haven't done it this year, is I really recommend trying to run this part of the course because it's easy to get out there ahead of time and on a training run, and it really just—I mean, I haven't run the marathon after training it yet but i feel like i'll be confident now and i'll be saying all right i've done this a couple times before i've done first avenue in the bike lane now that i have the whole road to myself i think i'll feel a little bit better about it yeah the crowds are big there you're you're running with lots of uh, fellow runners it is a long stretch don't get overly excited kind of bank some of that enthusiasm in mile 16 and 17 save that kind of if you will for 18 and 19 where you are a slight uphill up First Avenue, around 125th is where you could start going over the Wills Avenue Bridge. 
Which is not like the Queensboro Bridge, but it's not a flat area of the yeah. course. I feel both Pulaski and Willis Avenue are pretty similar steepage-wise, but they just, you know, in the middle of the race, they feel a lot worse than they are. You know, Again, when I run pace, them in training runs yeah. after two miles, it doesn't feel like much. But, right. but after notice 18, that you just, you gotta run slower. You're going to run slower up the hill, which is totally fine. Um, and that brings you, once you get into Willis Avenue Bridge in the, in the Bronx, you're in the Bronx for about a mile. That's your fifth borough. Even though you're going to go back into Manhattan in a little bit, you're in there for about a mile. Manhattan, the sixth borough. Sixth yes. borough. The fourth and sixth borough like, is like Manhattan. It's like the tenth man. But there's three or four turns in uh, in the Bronx. Decent crowd support. Not as um, blatant and over the, over over emphatic as as the First Avenue from 16 to 17. But also, if it's I think qu- per capita, it's the, pretty uh, good. The, yeah, the the like headcount wise for the being only a mile. You're looking yeah. about the same amount of crowd that you would get. It's in also like when you have little pockets of kind of like less crowds, it's good to kind of like get in your head and kind of, okay, focus, I'm tired, like your form's yeah. good, recheck things. Yeah. On the on the bridge back to Manhattan is usually where I hit the wall. Yeah. Um, like that bridge, I might it's have actually, to walk It's more on. like the, um, the, the, well, the Madison Avenue Bridge by itself is pretty flat, but it's the... Getting up to that, yes. that yeah, yeah. That hill well, is, the, is, is pretty. Killer. Before we get there in the Bronx, I always feel like there are a couple sharp turns. That because, is true. Yeah, it's a left, and so, and a right, and especially and at that degrees. banana table. Yeah, with the you banana just, peels you on the stay ground. Stay away from that banana table. It's I mean, slippery. But I need a banana. Though. <laughs> I mean, I need a banana. Cramping. Gotta have a banana. But yeah, the floor. Whether it's the floor, there, there's a the lady, street. Some people just, would say. Just going back, back for on weird food for a minute. There was a lady in Williamsburg last year. Who had like a a, a, a a Halloween thing? Like yeah, a Jack Lantern, First Avenue. I've seen Snickers that too. bars, but she had them on the ground. Uh, she was playing like guitar. She was an unofficial, you know, uh, marathon musician. Band. Yeah, and she's playing guitar and like singing her acoustic songs. And she's like free candy for runners, and it's like sitting on the ground. Now, of course, you would grab that because you don't grab like gutter soda. Right. But I was like, it'll take me so much more energy to reach down. And who wants to eat a Snickers bar? And during a marathon, like right, ma'am, nougat, can you like, put that on a like, chair or bench next time? Thank you. During a marathon, yeah. give me a break. I prefer when I get candy during a marathon to find the white panel vans that just have free candy spray painted <laughs> on the sides. Sliding door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I've seen yeah, jelly beans or GTFO. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so definitely right. don't reach down for the candy if you are going to have any. Make sure it's yeah. yeah. Imagine like cramping or spraining your ankle, like reaching oh, down for Snickers and well. Well, later on, we'll talk about how that happened to me on my first marathon. I did Ooh. something that was out of the ordinary. Stop order. grabbing food and drinks from the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, learn. All right, so we uh, we're now so we had a Manhattan. very very quick trip through the Bronx. It's, it's about as short a trip as you could ever get to the. Although Bronx. The, in '76 and maybe a couple of years after that, uh, the first five borough marathon was in 1976, and there's footage in in the Run for Your Life video. Uh, which talks about the kind of how that's anytime you're running through Wait, the that's Bronx, the song, am I right? Yeah. And literally, like Frank Short, they see Frank Shorter and oh, yeah, uh, City run for Bill life. Rogers running into the Bronx, literally wrapping their arms around a telephone pole yeah. to go back over the same bridge they went in. Oh, yeah. They literally were in the Bronx yeah. Yeah. for like a couple steps, and they were back over there, which so is now, longer than you're in Staten Island for the actual yeah, race. So now we allow you to point. be in the Bronx for a full mile. So <laughs> we, we definitely have grown yeah. from the initial. Uh, Bronx two-step um, so type now, of dance, by the way. So th- this northern part of uh, Manhattan, it, like, I I think I black out during this part. Like, I I always have friends up there. Harlem Run and uh, Jack Rabbit have a cheer station up there. 
I, I did not see it last year. And just because I think I get so insular and just so inside myself that like, I, I'm just like, this is like, I don't want to say running on empty, but I'm, I'm nearly there. Oftentimes this is where you're in survival mode. Yeah. It's like, like I have, mile 21 to 22. It's before I've and it's my still, it's not close enough to the finish that you can yeah. taste the finish yet. Yeah. Like, like four miles away and five, like 5.2 is such a weird number that like, I feel like it's a, like a psychologically devastating number. Although Sometimes, once you hit mile 20, that's a 10 K to the right, end. So right. That's, but then it's when the I hit mile 21, I'm like 5.2. My brain can't make sense of that. I'm psychologically And if it is a warmer day, there's really no shade there. So you right. might be a True. little warmer. You're fatigued. Um, there is better crowds once you get back to Manhattan. Um, like I said, Harlem Run is mile around 22. You run around Marcus Garvey Park. So you're running yeah. down Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Uh, you make a right, then a left, then a left, then a right. There's right. all 90-degree turns because you can't run through Marcus Garvey Park. You have to kind of go around it. There's gospel band, uh, singers out there. Sneaky different again. churches. <laughs> Maybe you can, yeah. Don't do it. But it is definitely um, – it can be a point in the race where you're – Really trying to focus on like the survival thing where you're, you know, you should be tired at this point. You know, I was running with Carolyn Wozniacki two years ago. I'm John. I run with famous people. And she said it around this time. She goes, She's oh, I'm single never, now, right? I'm never doing this again. And I said, that's what, that's the normal response right now. Oh, yeah. You're not, it's, I, it's not a foreign. Have, have the, you, the winner said this at this point. Have you encountered her on Bumble? <laughs> I believe so. Is she does she live in New York? Wait, you said not yet. I was asking right, sorry, Ryan. Gonna, you're married. No, he would have told gonna, me that. He would have. He would have he wait, would have, all right. Apparently, all right. We're going to stop this episode. Yeah, and we're going to talk about who's on Bumble. Let's edit that out right. so that John does not get divorced next week. Um, I don't know what Bumble is. But your no, wife's to a your lawyer. point. No. To your you're point. Uh, so Bumble, we got to get you. In a, oh no, I'm sorry, married. Um, yeah, I definitely remember. I think it was my second marathon. Mile 20-ish, I was like, this is terrible. Why would I ever do this? I'm never doing this again. And then, of course, after the marathon, I said, I can run faster than that. That's right. why I'm doing it again. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have that thought. Actually, the last marathon I ran, the Hamptons last month, I said, mile 20, my knees hurt. I don't, why am I doing this? And then I finished. I'm like, all right, New York, I'm going to kill this. So Short-term memory. Yeah. <laughs> so like, York, whatever you feel myself. at mile 20. No. Kill the race, no. crush it, crush it, crush not it, crush it. myself. But this is where you draw upon all your training, ideally yeah. you've done, and that day where you missed a party because you were you were getting extra sleep because you had a long run the next day, or it was sat down half, which was terrible weather this year. Missed the party because you were doing the long run at eight in the exactly. night. Yeah. So you rely on all your training. You draw upon those experiences where you said, you know what, I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to persevere because of all the training you've done the last sixteen or twenty or plus plus weeks. And, um, yeah, it's not easy. This is why the marathon is so great because it's hard, and it can get really hard around this time. You're not quite in the park. Uh, you're running around Marcus Garvey Park. You get around to 22. Uh, it can be sunny again. There's not a lot of shade there, If, if you know, especially at the end of the race. You're, it's going to be 1, 2, 3 o'clock. Yeah. And um, really, this is, gets to my t- toughest part, or I think it's the toughest part of the course. Yeah, I think most people – which No one talked it. about before my first marathon in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And I got really mad at them because I was surprised. But I think anybody who's run it a couple times at least will figure out the Fifth Avenue is the hardest part. Yeah, so you're at Fifth Avenue originally, but then once you get around Marcus Discovery Park, you're running close to the Central Park, but you're not quite – although I've had people, to your story about the Pulaski Bridge, thinking it was the Queensboro. Yeah. There's folks that were like, oh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> in Central Park because they run around Marcus Discovery Park. Right. I not actually – th- You did, you did run, that too? It might have been my second or third. Uh, well, uh, not Marcus Garvey Park. 
I knew something wasn't right. This isn't Central Park. He's like, this but isn't Central Park. He's like running around. It's the, Fort Wadsworth. It's definitely. Like the Williamsburg Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> the Wait, Williamsburg was, I, saw, I saw a tuft of grass. Yeah. We must be in Central Park. We're a mile four. This is easy. No, but um, what street is the northernmost of Central Park? 110th. 110th. 110th? Okay. Because, you know, you get there, so you're at 110th, and you enter at 90th at yeah, Engineer's Gate. Engineer's Gate. So that's an entire mile running on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And uphill. that mile uphill feels to me like four miles where the entire time— That's when I hate everyone. Yeah. The yeah. entire time for at least my first two, maybe three— And it's the New warmest City part of the day there, yep. too. I thought, when do I get to go in the park? When do I get to go in the park? I want to go yeah. into the park. It's Once I go you're into next the, to the park, park, we're not quite in it. So and how many races do you do? Like for us who live in New York and we do like the nine plus one qualifying, we've run a lot in Central Park, but you never run outside of Central Park. You never run on Fifth Avenue that much, especially up there. So I'm like, when do I get to the park? Once I get in the park, I've seen those miles before. It's familiar. You're finishing the park. You're it. in the park. But when you're that last mile. Before you get in the park, it's uphill that you didn't think about because people don't talk about it enough, and you just—it's the yeah. brutalest part. It's compared to the Queensboro, one of those two. I feel like hardest. I'm bargaining with God. Yeah. It's like I'm bargaining with my yeah. legs. No more pizza. Like, I'm never well, drinking again. No, no, not not that. But that, that's just <laughs> no, crazy no, no. Talk. <laughs> no, no, it's no, like, it's like where I'm, I'm not going to stop and get some pizza no, right now. I, I'm going to do this. If if I if if I stop and walk here, I'm not, this was me last year. Uh, if I stop and oh, walk yeah. here, I'm not going to PR. We're yeah. like, like I was borderline three thirty. I was like, if I if I stop here and walk, it's over. I'm blowing three thirty. It's not happening. Actually, if to me, I it's not PR. Running, it's if I stop here and walk, I'm not finishing. If I keep, and and because I'm not going to start running times again along Fifth Avenue where I'm running. I was running at like an eight minute pace, and then I tried just. I was like slow down a little bit. And I found myself walking. Like there was, no, it was eight minutes or walking. There was nothing in between. Like right. my legs could, for some reason, could not transverse that middle ground. Yeah, um, it's just running uphill. And then, very and then like you're looking at your watch, and you're like, okay, I'm doing the math. I just need to keep running. And I remember just, yeah, uh, that, that was a, that was a tough race last year. So it's from particularly it's from one ten to ninetieth. Is that full mile? I ran it the other day just for this podcast to do my due diligence, nice. and it's really about one hundred seven. Eat a pizza. Yeah, one hundred seven to ninety one is the real okay. climb. So you have that extra block at the end where you can kind of levels off before you make yep. the right at ninetieth into uh, Engineer's Gate there. Past but the it's, it's about twelve hundred meters, um, and it's just don't look at the signs on your right or left because it, they're they're the numbers counting down. And so I, I remember last one year I was running and I was struggling and I just put my head down and. Thought I ran I mean, 10 the blocks. street signs? Yeah, the street signs. Yeah. Sorry. And um, I, start, I knew it started at 110th, and so I ran like 50, what I thought was 15 blocks, looked up to, thinking I would see 95th, and it was like 108. That's like the word, that's the same with your watch, where you're like, you're like all right, I'm not going to look at my watch. I'm not going to look at my watch. Yeah. I'm not going to look at my watch for a whole mile. And then you're like, all right, that's been like a tenth of a mile. Every right, time I look like, at my watch, that costs me an extra 10 seconds. Like, and I've run nine one hundredths of a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're a little, you know, you're tired, you're vision is blurry you look up you're like all right that's 98th street i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep going no it turned out it was 
99th Street, <laughs> or you hit 92nd Street, but nope, that was 96th Street. You just can't read numbers anymore. So it's not, it doesn't have to be awful, but I was, it was tricky for me the first time I did it because no one You got to be ready it. for it. And just now know you that are. your time will slow. And that's normal because you're running slightly up a hill. It's late in the race. You're near the park, but not quite close. So there's that kind of tease. You're near the finish, but not quite close you enough. Are not near so the you get finish. to 91st, it, it crests well, for the block. Near the new You'll see the Guggenheim on the left, but you don't actually go past because you've actually entered the park. Which is good because if you've been in the Guggenheim, it's like spiral. Yeah. You run up a yeah, ramp. You don't want to go there. Tricky. If you turn into the Guggenheim, your race is over. You make a right at 90th. There's Team for Kids. There's a big cheer station there. Crowds are pretty heavy there. Now you have two, basically just, just inside the park, you hit 24. And you basically have 2.2 miles. And the crowds are great. You mentioned the front of the bow statue would actually move it to the finish line. That's true. Really? At a marathon yeah. Sunday. You don't know because oh. you're still trying to survive. Yeah. But True. Fred is waiting for you at the finish line. Sometimes you feel like you have to carry that statue the last 2.2 miles. It feels like you have uh, – oh, I feel like I'm carrying like eight of those statues the last 2.2 yeah. miles. Yeah, but it it is the um, – you know, you're there. You're, you're in the home stretch. It's yeah. two-plus miles to it's go. It's weird. I don't know why, but uh, 59th Street is probably one of my least favorite parts of the course. It is like, because then, every like, year – I just wanted to be over. I think every single yeah. year I forget. Even if leave I thought about it before, I forget I have to leave the park. And yeah. then you go back in. But I just got to the park. And then when you go back in, you're running uphill, and yeah. it's like, thanks, New York Riders. But yeah, so. But that being said, oftentimes, especially folks that are not used to or not from New York and not running yeah. races every every week, is Central Park is really hilly. Yeah. But it's all the hills you don't run. Either you don't run at all, or you run down. Yeah, you don't. You don't the do marathon course avoids the right. worst you hills. Do the three hills on the on the west side where they're back to back to back. Yeah. You, run down, you run down, down Cat Hill. The only real hill you have is on seventy second when you're kind of going up past yeah. the boathouse, uh, and that's the slight hill, which it feels like pretty epic at the time because you're tired. And then there is a slight uphill, the second half of the of Central Park South. Yeah, um, which but by that point you're hills, so close. Yeah, well, to the from, maybe I'm from wrong. When you I, enter the park. And to the finish line. Well, when you enter the park, it's downhill to get to the running yeah. path. But then once you're on the running, like the drive, that's uphill to the finish. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I mean, everything except that last bit re-entering mm-hmm. the park, any uphill you have to do, you get to do the downhill afterwards. Well, I remember last year uh, finishing the marathon, crossing the finish line and seeing Coach Steve from New York Rotary and giving him a massive hug. And he was like, how'd you do? And I was like, I PR'd. I got under 3.30. And he's like, that's awesome. He's like, how do you feel? I was like, awful. <laughs> and and then I realized, like, he was completely supporting my weight. Like, I was right. not at all. The PRs last forever. And then found out that the same thing happened to Pete Cruz, like, a half hour before then. <laughs> right. And then, like, an hour before that was the winner. Yeah. Everyone just hugged Steve. Yeah, he, like, he was exhausted by the end of the day. Wow. He's got a lot of good upper body strength, though. It's a good thing he has a uh, identical double. Yeah, Rob Smiley. Same yeah, person. Yeah, so that never seen two of them in the same place, same time. British version. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I've it's seen. It's I've like seen Facebook York, photos of them together, like the but it's Road obviously a trick photography. It's like the New York yeah. Roadrunners version of Orphan Black. Yeah. Orphan Smiley. Um, so to officially finish, uh, so we're down 22, 23, 24, those miles. So as you get to 59th Street, I'm done. You I, have to exit I've the park. Steve. You have to exit the park, then you go across the bottom side of the park over to Columbus Circle. The second part of that is uh, is uh, it is a slight uphill, um, but crowds are good, and you make a right at Columbus Circle. You pop into the park. You have point two to go. Jumbotrons, you see yourself on. The crowds are crazy. The grandstand seats are on either side. 
and I've started a class action lawsuit against New York Roadrunners for making you finish uphill. That just doesn't make sense that you have you to earn go it. You earn uphill it, you know? the end of the course. Oh, Come on, John. New York Roadrunners has not been doing John. well against lawsuits these days. Oh, boy. Marathon but you finished lawsuit. it the historic. Uh, it was, But it was sold and, and bought by somebody else, so it's not the same historic. But you finished at the historic tavern on the green, and you won't even notice it because there's a finish line there. Yeah. You get Those a medal. Last, the last 400 meters of hill is really not that bad. It's you're so excited. There's again this grandstand seating on both sides. Um, it's a fun part of the course because you're yeah. you're really taste the Your friend John Coogan may email you two days later and say, "Look at these photos I took of you from like right next to you on the course," and you're like, "I didn't see you at all." You're floating on I, air, you're no like these. It looks like this person was like running with me and taking pictures, but I did not see him at no. all. And so. then you get your medal, which is like you know. That, that, that marathon Sunday when you walk around, or maybe for Billy's purposes, the last next two weeks. That marathon November. You wear that medal, and uh, everyone's best friends. That, whether you have run and you have your own medal, or you're just another spectator, or just a random yeah. citizen, you'll talk to anyone that day. It, anyone will talk to you because they know what that medal means. It will not get you a free cup of coffee. It gets you a free subway. It will make that cup of coffee that much more delicious. No, don't dip your medal into the coffee. Dip That's your medal like, into the coffee. Yes, depending Do whatever you want after yeah. the Look, I drink my coffee there. black. I don't put milk in there, so don't worry about the milk curdling by the metal. Just dip that metal in. I drink my coffee bronze because that's what the metals are made of. Are they? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Silver? Uh, definitely not Nickel? silver. Platinum? Lead? I think it's not lead. Probably bronze covered by covering some. Who knows? Platinum? Let's get Peter Cha Cha in here. All right. But it does feel. Like, we just run a marathon. I mean, we just went through that entire course. This was supposed to be a 30-minute episode. Yeah, remember that? And now we're halfway through. And now we have to go back and edit the beginning of this and say, welcome to a new extended edition of Run Chat. I'm not going to go back and edit that in. I don't know about you guys. Nope. So you guys just got bonus content, which bonus miles is what I call it when Strava tells me I've run 26.2. But I still have another couple hundred meters to go. Bonus That's mi- just bonus. That's free mileage. Bonus you didn't pay mi- for that. Bonus miles is whenever I see miles spent in uh, like a second time that week. That's true. Yeah. That's all that bonus miles. That's it. NPPR like, day when like miles was, passes me four times instead of three. You, you eat fennel for the second time that week. Maybe similar. Or no. Fennel, 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 fennel. I get it. Yeah. Chlorophyll. That's, that's bonus fennel. Chlorophyll, <laughs> fennel. True affair. I do love fennel. I do love that licorice taste. But um, only if you've had it on race day before. Nothing new on race day. True. True. Fuel by Fennel. New hashtag. Sponsored by Fennel. Fennel. And since we spent so long, we shouldn't shouldn't take forever, but there is more after the finish line. There is. And I would say say the three worst things are showering afterwards, Fifth Avenue, mile 22, 23, Queensboro Bridge, and then that walk to exit the park. Oh, the walk to exit. And well, it's good uh, for recovery because you want to keep moving. You do want to keep you know, moving, but the problem is really the line doesn't always keep moving. So it's hard to keep yourself moving. I, I remember in 2008 when my brother and I ran the marathon for the first time. After he finished, he's doing that, like, you know, that, that, that three mile walk of shame, one mile, whatever, walk of shame. Um, walk of fame. And Thank he you. turns to the guy next to him and he goes, Ugh, never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Billy said, I just did my nine plus one for last year. I, I get to do this again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so be aware if this is your first time, whether you choose the baggage option and you it's walk to your baggage. Switch. I disagree with people who are bagging on baggage. I think it takes just as long to do your no baggage poncho as it does to get your baggage. And the poncho only covers half your body. 
If so you, you have you, sweatpants. You are doing baggage. I'm doing baggage again. Wow. And I'm proud of it because you get clothes right away or as right away as you can as opposed to poncho who you're fighting through the friends and family section. You're fighting through just getting to the poncho and the poncho doesn't even have sleeves. There's no it's fighting a cool poncho. To poncho. Not not physically fighting through people, just the mileage, the trudging to get out of the park. No. But you get out of the park faster with the poncho. Not True. that much faster. I gotta say, I've done both. It's not much faster to get the poncho. Hmm. If you're doing the poncho, great. It's so much faster. You're right. Good choice. And if you're doing you're baggage, nice warm. not any worse. And another thing is that a lot of folks don't talk about is they, they're all focused on getting in the race and then, then training for the race and then getting traveling and logistics, getting to the, the city if you're not from New York or just the, the race morning at if you're, from Brooklyn. if you're from Brooklyn or Jersey, which is maybe a little easier. But a lot of people neglect to come up with a post-race plan to, as far as reuni- reunion with friends and family. So Roadrunners has our family reunion area. But, but they got rid of that last year. Are they bringing it back this year? They have it this year. I would say to 66. that's a bad idea. It's very crowded. Um, it's probably uh, safe-proof or fail-proof in the sense that if I, your, your name is letter K, it begins with K, you, you'll go there eventually, but it might take a while to but get there. But it feels to me like trying to find your friends in Times Square where it's super crowded. Right. If you just say, hey, guys, let's not meet in Times Square. Let's meet two blocks over. So, so much better. He so, is having a plan prior to the race. Don't meet in Times Square. Yeah. So pick a bar, <laughs> pick a hotel uh, lobby, pick a certain intersection, and then don't rely on your cell phone because maybe it's dead because you used it yeah. with your Strava that, but, or, or you your music. Have, like, Bad service. Service. Everyone's yeah. trying to call their loved ones. So know exactly where you're going to meet, and maybe they get there first, and they're at the bar waiting for you, or you beat them to it, and someone's buying you a drink because you have a medal around your neck. But come up with a plan prior to you leaving the apartment or the hotel that morning of where you're going to meet your friends and family because last thing you want to do when you're really tired and you're walking around aimlessly with your poncho or baggage is trying to figure out, okay, where do I go? And yeah. who do I need or to call? trying to not get someone on the phone. So just say, okay, I'm going to this lobby of the Westin Hotel. When in doubt, dive 75. Dive 75 it's is on nice. They 75th have board games. They have Columbus candy. or so. Um, and but yeah, definitely have a, every single – unless our 3,000 followers on this podcast all go to dive 75, it won't be that crowded. Dive 75 fun. is so tiny. Yeah. It's very tiny. It's <laughs> so tiny. It actually could fit all of our podcast listeners. Now yeah. – for now, but after this. But nobody else. That's true. So point yeah. is, figure and out what you're you doing afterwards. Not, if you did not do baggage, that poncho's, it's all right. Can we get Meb on our next episode? Yeah, we probably should. Thanks. Um, Make it happen, John. But yeah, Done. if you have someone waiting for you with sweatpants, with extra clothing, that's a good alternative. That is my plan every year. I don't do baggage, but my wife, actually, because she's the best person ever, will carry around um, my... Like a pair of running pants and and a sweatshirt for me, and it is the best thing. And a new pair of socks. Oh yeah, my, my god! Sister in law, fresh that pair of socks was... are the nicest thing in the world. And also a fresh pair of shoes if you can. Well, you know, I'm not fancy, John. False. Or just moccasins. Wait, wait two pairs of shoes? shoes? What are you, a millionaire? You just you know, even a pair of loafers or flip flops or whatever. You know, you flip flops your... in November, New York City weather. It Put on your so speed good. work shoes instead of your uh, distance shoes. Some Crocs. Brian are, are they, are they Brian all the rage? Diamond studded uh, racing sneakers. And, Brian has like Crocs. three pairs of Nikes and four pairs of Asics right next to him. So that is true. I got what a, what a bragger. Yeah, Way to Big rub brag. it in her face. Yeah. So wait, are we sponsored? And you haven't told John and I. Yeah, Nike have like and Asics. Eight pairs of shoes, and I have these. Uh, <laughs> 
flip flops. Yeah, in those October, aren't flip flops. In, in October, those are just calluses. I've been racing in Crocs. <laughs> oh, you, you're on Mario Batali racing team, <laughs> sponsored by Crocs. No, Huma uh, and Huma, Huma Crocs. Is that a thing? Huma Crocs. Uh, uh, I don't even want to know. Um, but to finish off, so Sunday. You've met with your friends. You went to Uncle Jimmy's, Cousin Jimmy's, Brother Jimmy's, whichever, Joe's. whichever barbecue place of your choice. Went to Dallas BBQ, maybe. A little fish bowl. A, a blue drink the size of your head. But then Monday. Those are all things I've done after the yeah. marathon. Those are different <laughs> places I've been them? to after different marathons. <laughs> those are different places I've been to after either running or not running a marathon. Yeah. Some of those were That's better. That's just than a ours. Thursday for Brian. <laughs> I meant after places, spectating a marathon. Those are but you're right. Brian's also. Been today. <laughs> Actually, the night's still young. Oh, key food. Hey, look, you ran like the course to to, to uh, get ready for this podcast. Brian drank at a bunch of bars, a bunch of blue <laughs> stuff. Yeah, nothing new on race day. So <laughs> if I'm going to drink eight beers during the marathon, I got to practice. Yeah, true. Metal Monday, not Metal Monday, which is when you go to. Live band karaoke and sing Alice Cooper or songs. Or meddling around. Metal Monday! <laughs> yes. Not, can we make that a not, drop? Not Metal mid- Monday! <laughs> no, we can't. Is it a hashtag? Not middling like Monday voice? where it's like, oh, it's just another Monday. Manic Monday? Metal not Monday! Manic Monday, which is uh, one of the greatest Prince written songs of all Bangles, time. Bangles, right? The Bangles sang that, right? Bangles sang it. Or Go-Go's? Bangles. 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 Prince wrote it, which is little known fact, which makes Prince the best. I mean, Prince was the best already. We yeah, don't have to argue. So we don't have to have an episode here. of this. Yeah, you're wearing a purple, purple shirt. Rain, we're, we're, purple, purple rain. Purple rain. We're closing in on 90 minutes into this 30 minute podcast. You're wearing a purple shirt. What did you expect me to talk about? And wearing a That's drinking out of a pur- purple be- beverage. That's hey. true. You are Billy. Uh, purple stuff. Actually, Billy's drink- Monday. <laughs> Billy's drinking out of violet cans. Ooh, so sweet. Thanks. Kind of weird. It did sound weird that way. Billy's cans are violet. (laughs) Not better. So, Metal Monday! Uh, You could either get your medal engraved at New York uh, Roadrunners. John might be partial to this because they used to be. Where exactly is it going to be? John John does. New York Running Company again? There's a couple of Well, no, so if you want to pay and wait in a long line, you go to the official. Uh, finisher gear tent at Taravanar in the Green. Which is actually some half-price gear yeah. there. You can get some, like, $25, $35, get your metal engraved. Or, for those of you who are in the know, you go to the New York Running Company in Columbus Circle, it's free, and you can get a free massage, too. And also, you might... Thank you, Mary Arnold. You might see your favorite podcast host there. And if Ira Glass isn't there, you Wait, might Chris see, Hardwick You is might see be... one of us. Truth. Um, very truth. truth. I'll be the guy getting a massage. And Feel then, free to say hi. Feel free to go up to me and just go, Metal Monday! And you get a free like, uh, fist I can't bump. wait to edit all of these out. It's going to be so much fun. Um, a lot of editing. And that's not going to make any sense to anybody listening because they're all edited out. What's going to be edited out? I don't know. Metal Monday! <laughs> Metal Monday! <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I feel like I'm a mile. I feel like I'm a mile twenty four right now. It's so painful. Um, Asics is having a uh, fifty to eighty percent off sale that afternoon. So where Google that at Asics? I don't know. Google it. They're sponsored by Asics warehouse sale. Well, come on, Asics sponsors already. Their store is on Fourteenth Street, but I think their warehouse sales are usually like near the Empire State Building. Uh, Lots of sales. And that's going to be on. You got your Paragon coupon that you got at the expo? 
assuming they do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, You're going to get like eight of those before you walk out of the expo. What else? Anything else on Monday? We got any special events planned? Any, a lot uh, of folks will go to the finish line where they get whether they're metal engraved and some, some swag. You take photos. The uh, New York Times, what do they do nowadays? Top five hours or four-hour finishes? Five hours. I always thought that my first year in 2008, my brother and I thought it was four hours. So we were like, we got to finish under four hours and get in the New York Times. And this lady at the start, we're telling her, like, what's your goal? We're like, we want to get under four hours, so we get in New York Times. And she's like, no, it's five hours. And, and we're both like, Actually, shut I, up, idiot. <laughs> and then the next day, it turned out it was five hours. But I feel you know like what? The one it's, time we went, it was like, it cut off at a certain number of like people. So I was under five hours, but I was like 450 something. Uh, and I wasn't it, in there. Yeah, because there were just too many people. And I was like, oh, there's another newspaper I don't have to keep in my house. <laughs> It turns yellow. And I will like, say this. I, out I buy later. it every year, and I threw it out one year, and I regret that year. I actually somehow, in between the race and right this moment, lost my bib for last year. So my fridge, oh, is, my fridge is incomplete. That's a bummer. I have oh, every race only bib I... I've ever run, except maybe one. That's a lot of bibs. It's over 100 New I, I have them all. Uh, I get they're, it. They're all strung to you. Oh, I get it. No, I don't. She's a baby. <laughs> Homophones. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be very good for what bibs are supposed to do. No, they just don't cover enough surface area. Yeah, yeah. You know, get those, a couple bibs. Yeah, a couple. Those, you know, you those holes in them. Actually, you could safety pin them too. Actually, some of her bibs are smaller than the New York Red Runners race bib. Huh. All right, so we've entered. Babies are small. We've entered hour five of this podcast, which is apparently the baby hour. My goal is to hour. finish before 90 minutes. We've got two and a half minutes to go. We'll pause for a bit and we'll say goodbye. I think we're done talking about Middle Monday. All right. Anything else? Uh, Oh, what do we do if it rains? Uh, If it rains, uh, you just just run anyway. Here's the thing. It's never rained in the last eight years of the marathon. It has not rained since 2008 on the marathon Sunday. I'm hoping that continues. That said, I ran the 18-mile tune-up in a downpour a few years ago, and there's nothing that will convince you can run a marathon in the rain like running – an 18-mile race in a torrential downpour. It sucks. And your shoes will feel like they weigh like a pound. Your feet will feel like they weigh like a couple of pounds each by the end of the by the end of the race. Um, you will so not hit your time goal, but you'll do it. So it's concrete training shoes you've been using. It's more the trick. It's, the trick is not when you're running with terrain during the race because you're, like, you're moving and stuff. Is If you're waiting for the start for three hours and you're soaking wet and your shoes are soaking wet. So... Bring an extra pair of shoes that you're, you're going to run in and make sure those are dry with dry socks mm. or Crocs. And then, um, oh, flip flops at the start. Or flip flops. And then if you're Nick, you're just perfect. You just, just wear barefoot, those. Barefoot, sandals. Sandals. But um, you want to be dry as possible at the start. And then once you get going, everyone's in the same boat. Just your goal if needed. But you don't want to be soaking wet for three hours at the start. I think that's the trickier yeah. part of it raining on race day than the actual raining during the race. Get into his VIP tent. Tents are nice. Tents are nice. It's true. I mean, I think that's that's a long walk though from the you know from the bus to your VIP tent. Yeah, it's like a hundred meters. Can you send a so, golf cart? Bring me? some garbage bags. Improvise some ponchos. But it's not going to rain. Don't worry. It's not going to rain. It's all in your head. Anybody want to see Doctor Strange on Marathon Monday? On a Metal Monday? Oh, I think I saw Gun Girl last year, the year before. I saw it like it's two nights ago, and I think it's pretty disturbing. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it yeah, it's a streaming movie. I was like, wait. They- All right, guys, you got 43 seconds. All right. I'm, so, if I'm you have any out. other thoughts, I mean, we got another week until the race. Oh my god, six days until the race. So, we have a Facebook page. If you just search Run Chat on Facebook, put your questions down there. We'll 
probably answer. We can even respond with video response. Oh, live time. Maybe. FaceTime, real time. And uh, we will see you after the marathon, after you crush it. Or maybe I'll and see you at the expo. Maybe. Yeah, I'll be at the expo the entire time in the New York River Running Lab. Of course, strategy. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing some good stuff there over there to make sure that you're ready. I'm so any last-minute tips, you can come see us live there. I'll be at the expo for probably about 90 minutes, most likely on Thursday, maybe Friday. Um, and I'll be eating all the free stuff. And because of that, we just missed 90 minutes. Son of a bitch. Ah, oh, we didn't PR this, this episode, but you just might PR at the marathon thanks to us. Yes. And if it's your first time, you're automatically going to PR. We'll exactly. Take, we'll take the credit. automatic we'll, we'll PR. We'll take credit for that. We will take credit. And most of all, have fun. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.